We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that shit. we gonna see him soon. You feel me? All right, all right, all right. Uh, welcome to another edition of the Budding Heads podcast, a proud part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network uh, and sponsored by TickPick, the best place to get your Los Angeles Rams tickets, the original no-fee ticket website. I am still adjusting my volume because I feel like it's still a little loud here, so I will work on that. I think we sound better now. Uh, Johnny, <laughs> this weekend I I uh, I traveled a little bit, not far, but I was at a friend's house who lives about an hour away. And all morning, I was saying, as I woke up there, uh, admittedly a little hungover, I knew that the Rams were playing at 4 p.m. Eastern and so that I didn't need to rush home. And then five minutes into my drive home, I got a notification that Matthew Stafford threw a touchdown pass. And that is how I realized that this week's game was at 1 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, so that was great. How was your weekend? <laughs> well, I, I mean, it was a it was a nice weekend for me. I mean, the Rams got got the W, and I mean, it's not a huge surprise against the Houston Texans. But hey, I'll take a win. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, admittedly not a bad game to miss. Obviously, I. I uh, caught the replay of the first half, but I got home at halftime, put on the game, and we were up 24 to nothing. So it was uh, it was fine. I am not too upset about missing that one live, but always feels good to go into a game knowing that you should win by a lot, and then winning by a lot. Uh, it's a crazy concept, and I'm honestly still kind of getting used to it. <laughs> Without a doubt, man. Uh, too many... Too many winless seasons, really. Yeah. Or almost winless seasons, I should say. Oh, yeah. They might as well have been fucking winless. Um, well, we are a much more exciting team now. The Rams are 7-1. and one, And the big news of today, shattering the league landscape, the Rams made yet another midseason splash, sending... Basically, the rest of their draft picks, a 2022 second and a 2022 third over to the Denver Broncos to get back future Hall of Famer, former All-Pro, former Pro Bowler, former MV, Super Bowl MVP, Von Miller. Uh, you name the accolade. He's he's probably got it. Uh, one of the most decorated defensive players of the last uh, couple of years unanimous all-decade team selection along with Aaron Donald in the 2010s. I mean, beyond, like, like we will get into the nitty-gritty of this transaction, what it means, what it's actually going to happen, but I think I could speak for everyone when there was no part of me when I saw this trade 
that did anything other than said, holy shit, uh, did a little victory lap around the apartment because we actually landed Von fucking Miller and we are pairing him with Aaron Donald uh, and obviously with Leonard Floyd as well, who's been great. But we have a defense of Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey and Von Miller, and it is just outrageous. And I am still trying to wrap my head around it. Honestly, when I saw the news of this, I I didn't know what to think, man. I was like, I, I don't know how Lesney does it. I just I, I don't I don't know how he does it. But um <laughs> I I just recall back in two thousand eleven when, you know, he, he was drafted, I wanted so bad for the Rams to get him. And uh yeah, that didn't that didn't exactly happen. Uh, I, if I recall correctly, that was the year that the Rams uh, couldn't get him, though, uh, to be fair. That was, yeah, that was the one year during that, like, six-year stretch where they were actually okay. They picked 14, and they took Robert Quinn. Uh, so it worked out, but it certainly could have worked out better. <laughs> so I, I've always been kind of a fan of, of Von Miller coming out, uh, coming into the draft and everything, and uh for a good reason. I mean, look look at what he's accomplished, and uh, his his uh, reputation kind of speaks for himself. But um, the the funny thing is, I've never seen a transaction that has been so one or the other. Never somebody. I, I've never seen really uh, anybody that's reacted to this transaction where it's like okay, this is a decent pickup or it's whatever. Either you really, really love it or you're really disappointed by it. And for the life of me, I can't understand why people are disappointed by this. I I don't get it either. Um, you could make the case for the Rams. Like the only negative thing I could see someone saying is that the Rams shouldn't be trading all their draft picks that they have left, second and third potentially for a rental of Von Miller, but A, yes, I should. Um, B, <laughs> like A, I'm just throwing out letters here. Okay. The second half of that is you saw what the Rams can do with the second round pick this year, which is just literally burn it. Like it's setting up money on fire for no reason. And with the third round pick, it's going to be a late third round pick. The Rams will already have another third-round pick with the compensatory selection of um, that they're getting from the Brad Holmes hiring. Not that the third round that makes the third round pick worthless. Like it, it, it was our second highest pick that we had in this draft. Um, but should he leave? Should Von Miller not stay the season? They would get that third-round pick back because they get compensatory pick after the year. Like should he walk? I mean, so. Essentially, you're either trading a second and third round pick for Von Miller, who you resign, or you're trading just a second round pick for Von Miller, who leaves. You're pushing your chips all in on the table. You're putting them all down. Um, it's going to be a late second round pick, no matter what. Even if we don't win the Super Bowl, it's going to be in the 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 high the fifties, mid to high fifties. This this to me, like, if this deal's on the table, you take it every time, no questions asked. And like, it's funny because. The Rams can't even afford him. They can't afford a salary. The Broncos are paying over 90% of his salary, $9 million of the $9.7 million that he's owed for the remainder of the year. So really what it feels like is that second-round pick was essentially being sold to the Broncos for $9 million in their eyes because they probably could have gotten just – we probably could have gotten Miller for just a third. He's a on an expiring contract and – you know, in the NFL, there's no financial incentive to acquiring a player so that you can resign them. It doesn't doesn't affect it like it does in other sports. But yeah, they basically the Broncos basically bought, um, bought the second round pick. And yeah, I just I can't imagine. I didn't see a lot of negativity about this trade from Rams fans at least, and I don't understand it if there is. Like, yes, they are throwing draft picks away for this, but Von Miller is a generational talent. Yeah, he's coming off an injury last year, and yes, he may not be the player he was five years ago, but if you look at his numbers, if you look at his stats, if you look at the film of him, this not that I watched a lot of Von Miller film, if you look at the highlight reel on YouTube that I watched that was three minutes long, 
Um, he hasn't really like he still looks good, you know. And when you're playing against you're, when you're playing next to Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd, you know, it's a bad fashion Joseph Day, although not it's not nearly as significant. He's gonna look good on the Rams, and there are holes to fill in the defense around him. Uh, we could talk about inside linebacker and cornerback a little later, but having Von Miller there is certainly going to make it a lot easier for those guys. You know, when you have a weak secondary, would you rather get an elite or borderline elite cornerback to play our next to Jalen Ramsey? Sure, but if that's not out there, go get one of the best pass rushers of all time to pair next to Aaron Donald and make it a lot easier for your receivers to cover or your cornerbacks to cover receivers because these quarterbacks are not going to have any time to throw the football when you got this fucking dude running in their face. Yeah. The, the funny thing is it, it, I can almost understand people's concern about losing, you know, uh, two more draft picks because, uh, in essence, there's only four NFL draft picks left for the Rams, uh, which is a third round pick. The, the Brad Holmes, compensatory pick that steve mentioned uh their fifth round pick and two seventh round picks well and um it is likely the they the rams think they're going to get four compensatory picks most of them are going to be late but it is likely they get a fourth round pick for john johnson leaving so but they're all day three they're all still day three yeah yeah but uh uh it's you know that that kind of thing is uh is understandable for people's concern. I, I, I do get that because it, it is it is an all uh, chips all in move. Because realistically speaking, if you look at the salary cap for next year, the Rams aren't in a very good position either. So it, it's there's going to be a lot of players gone next year. So there is a lot of concern for the future. That being said, the Rams are in a position to win. Now, um, for me, the question that I have for people that don't like this trade is the people that are saying the guy's washed, he's old. And to my rebuttal to that is he can still play. You know, this is not a guy that the Rams are investing in the future. They're investing in him to win a Super Bowl. That is the ultimate goal. And I think. I think those people that still have questions about this trade are failing to realize that because yeah, it is a bit of a risky move, but I'd much rather see that than, you know, the front office just sitting back and seeing what happens. We've, we've been down that road before with past GMs and, you know, we, we got like two, two and 14 seasons out of it. So I I would much rather go this approach than just do nothing, you know. Uh, and yes, the Rams were a great team before Von Miller, but they're going to be a much better team with him. Trust me. And <laughs> the fact that they have Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, and Von Miller going to be terrorizing quarterbacks. I mean, R.I.P. Ryan Tannehill. This is gonna be, this is gonna be scary for him. You know, Bob Miller, he's expected to make his debut on Sunday night against the Tennessee Titans at SoFi Stadium. And I mean, why wouldn't if you're in the Los Angeles area, you're gonna want to go to this game, right? You're gonna want to get out there. You're gonna want to go to SoFi and watch Bob play. And the best place to get tickets for this game, if you don't have them already, or tickets to any game really, is Tick Pick. T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K. It's the original no-fee ticket website. It's a go-to place for any NFL ticket needs. What you see is what you get. All the prices are guaranteed. There's no fees. There's no hidden fees. All the off-service fees are gone. And TickPick guarantees the best prices for you for all NFL tickets. In fact, if you could find a better price for an NFL seat than what's on TickPick's website, they will give you 110% of the difference in your purchase price because they're that confident that you're going to get to see the best seats at the best prices with TickPick. So if you want to give TickPick a chance, head over to TickPick.com slash RTR and use the promo code RTR to save $10 on your first purchase of Rams tickets on TickPick. Or if you're not even going to the Rams, it'll be $10 on whatever purchase you make. And as we know, 
Uh, the Rams are on fire. They're not losing another game again, especially after Von Miller is brought into the building. So avoid those hidden fees that you don't want to get by accident with other senders. And go to the best website in TickPick. T-I-C-K. T-I-C-K. Back to the show. You know, for the Titans losing Derrick Henry, and then this is the first matchup you have after that game, and then this happens. They are not having a good week uh, over in Nashville. But, nope. but yeah, I completely agree with you. And honestly, if they had made this trade last season, I would still be running around the house freaking out that we got Von Miller. But it would have been a lot more like questionable because the the 2020 Rams, had they acquired Von Miller, like they would have had an outside shot at making the Super Bowl. But it was still a really flawed team that had issues at the quarterback position and adding Von Miller wouldn't have solved their problems and they probably would have lasted just as long in the playoffs as I did last year if Von Miller was on the team. But for this year's Rams, they are a certified contender for the Super Bowl. And we have been talking and I've been talking with a lot of people on Twitter and just everywhere that, you know, to really be a team that's going to go to the Super Bowl, they have some things they need to fix up on defense because when you end up playing against the elite offenses in the league, and in the important games down the stretch, you know, your defense has to be better than even though the Rams have been good for the first seven out there on eight games. Now, uh, eight games, there were holes on the defense that a great quarterback, a great coach and great talent on offense would be able to attack and exploit. And that doesn't mean that they would have lost those games because the offense might be good enough with Matthew Stafford to uh, overcome that and score a lot of points. But adding Von Miller certainly solves a lot of those uh, not necessarily that it solves the issues that you had on defense, but it's going to make it a lot harder for opposing quarterbacks and opposing offenses to scheme and plan to exploit the Rams' weaknesses because, you know, if you're sitting there like, okay, well, we're going to attack David Long, he sucks. We're going to attack Troy Reader, he's not good at coverage. You got to have time to get the ball out and let those plays develop a little, and uh, you're going to have a lot less time to develop when you've got like when you got Bob Miller, Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd running down your throat, uh, trying to sack your quarterback. It's uh, to me, this is a home run move for the Rams. It's, you know, I'm not upset about losing those picks. And I mean, let's be honest, man. It's a second and third round pick. You look at the Rams draft last year. Would you trade Tutu Atwell and Ernest Jones for Von Miller? Absolutely. Yes, you would. Everybody would. Not even a question. And Ernest Jones played great this week and we'll talk about him later. But uh, you still make that trade without fucking question. Hell, you could say, uh, who did they take in the third round last year? Terrell Lewis. Would you trade Van Jefferson and Terrell Lewis for Von Miller? You probably would. Uh, yep. You know, it's he's a great player. He, he's he's an incredible player. Um, even if he's not prime Von Miller, uh, he's still really damn good. And, you know, Pro Football Focus has him graded out really well. He's got an 85.6 on their scoring system, which is, very good. Leonard Floyd's a 77.5, which is also good. Uh, obviously, these numbers on everything, but he's the sixth best edge rusher on their on their grading system. He's the second best edge rusher in terms of run defense. He's the fourth best edge rusher in terms of coverage. Uh, you know, those are great numbers, and that guy probably isn't doesn't isn't washed uh, if he's putting up those numbers. And he's got four and a half sacks in six games. He's going to come in here and he's going to tear it up i have i have absolutely no doubts well steve i'm kind of glad that you brought up terrell lewis and all of this because you know even though terrell lewis and oboe have been doing a solid job rotating in and out um you know playing uh, at a pretty high level against uh you know against opposing teams and there's a nice there's a nice motorcycle i believe in the background they're wrapping uh, it up lovely. for Vaughn. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, Rev for Va- for Vaughn, why not? Um, but <laughs> the the kind of other side of the coin to this that I, I feel like many people aren't looking at is Von Miller is one of the most respected players because he's a hell of a teammate. This is another guy that the Rams, you know, younger players like Terrell Lewis, um, like uh, Obo Karankro, you know, th- these are two guys that can absolutely learn from him. And on the other side of that, maybe the Rams don't have to keep him out there 
you know, 100% of the, the snaps. You know, they can rotate, you know, guys like uh, Terrell Lewis and Oboe. And this way, you don't jeopardize his health as well uh, because, you know, he has an injury history and, uh, and you know, he's, a, he's an older guy. So you, you can rest him. You don't have to keep him out on the field all the time. There's capable guys behind him. And I think this is going to be an even bigger challenge because not only are you keeping fresh legs in and out of uh, in and out of plays, but you have a, a defensive coordinator that absolutely loves blitzing. So uh, this is uh, this is going to be a lot bigger than people realize. Yeah, it's you know, Terrell Lewis is going to lose some snaps here clearly, and that's not great for him. But also, he gets to learn from the arguably the best. Okay probably the second best outside linebacker edge rusher of the last decade uh, behind J.J. Watt. I mean, and even that could be a conversation, but not one we're going to have today. It's definitely going to benefit him. It's going to benefit Oboe. Uh, Oboe is going to be a free agent this offseason, so it might not benefit the Rams long-term in terms of his development because he might leave after this season, but certainly uh, those guys are not going to be complaining that fucking Von Miller is coming into their linebacker room. They're going to have so much to learn from that guy. And he's going to make the team so much better uh, and elevate a good unit, uh, arguably great unit, e- to even greater heights. You you did bring up the, um, you know, whether like they're going to have some tough decisions to make in the offseason. I so I got an article coming out soon on Rams Wire, my first in over almost a year uh, with them about whether or not the Rams can afford Von Miller after the season. And they're in an interesting place with their cap because they only have six million projected right now in cap space. The good news is they're not gonna have any draft picks that they need to sign, so that number's not gonna change much. Um, but also, the majority of their guys are locked up. Uh, the only real contributors that are gonna be free agents, and not that these guys aren't meaningless, but Darius Williams is gonna be a free agent, Austin Corbett, Brian Allen, Matt Gay. Dante Dayon, um, and now Von Miller. And because they have so many guys locked up under contracts and big contracts, uh, according to Over the Cap, there are six players on the team that they could restructure and save up to $8.8 million or more. Uh, That's Stafford, Cup, Woods, Ramsey, Donald, and Floyd. And they're almost certainly going to restructure as many of those guys as they can to clear up cap space, you know, in the case of Donald and the case of Ramsey, that, that feels like a short thing. Cause those guys are not going anywhere. Stafford is going to likely get a contract extension. He's going to be a free agent in 2023. They'll probably get pretty creative with that to free up some cap space. Um, they also have a Sean Robinson is a cut candidate. He's making 9.5 next year. If they cut him, they eat 4 million in dead cap, but they save 5.5 million, which, if you're using that money to sign Von Miller is worth it. I think a more realistic thing that'll happen is he gets, you know, restructured as well and takes a bit less money. Cause he's not owed a ton of guaranteed money. It would make sense for them to restructure on an affordable deal, keep him around and, and free up some cap space. So they can clear up money to keep Von Miller. But then in that case, you know, a, how much is he worth? Well, luckily, you don't have to go that far to take a guess of what kind of contract he's going to get. Last season, J.J. Watt, a guy who came in in the same league, is about the same age, plays the same position, dealt with some injury history, uh, came back, wasn't as good as he used to be, but was still good. He netted a two-year, $28 million deal with the Cardinals. So, to me, Ma Miller's value is at least $14 million on the open market. Probably a shorter-term deal because he's on the older side. But he's there's no way he's getting paid under eight figures. So if the Rams want to keep him, 14 feels like about the right number for a guy at this position at that age. Maybe a little more of his value. But there's also, you know, if he comes in and really falls in love with the city and wants to stay here, it's not unrealistic that he could take, you know, 10 to 12 million to give the team some more flat caps, flat, what the hell am I saying? Cap flexibility. But. Um, you know, at the same time, another consideration is all those guys I mentioned that are free agents, you might be able to afford Darius Williams, Austin Corbett, and Brian Allen for the same price as Von Miller. And so they're going to have to think about it. But regardless, I think they can free up money to keep him. He's not going to be cheap, but I, I t- like today, 
I think it's more likely that they make a big effort to keep him here and free up the money to do it than that they won't do it. Uh, but obviously, it's going to depend on A, how he performs while he's here, and B, how much he enjoys being here. For sure. And I, I think he'll he'll like it a lot here um, because uh, he's already expressed how much he believes in the, the Rams' uh, defense and um, already – showed how much he respects Aaron Donald, which how can you not? So, yeah, I, I think he'll definitely like it in L.A. and like it even more if, if, uh, if uh, you know, the Rams are able to give him a Super Bowl ring, a second one. It's funny, too. You know, I was trying to think of, like, uh, players that had similar, you know, ages and positions that signed big contracts um, or just signed contracts around his age before I thought of J.J. Watt, which is – you know, the clear comp and the most relevant comp. Uh, I remember, you know, DeMarcus Ware signed with Denver around in 2014, around the same age as Miller is now. Uh, he got a three year, $30 million deal, which, you know, with inflation is similar to what Watt got. And uh, he joined Von Miller in Denver as like the old, the old vet and helped them win a Super Bowl. And so it's kind of funny that now uh, Miller is entering a similar situation, even though, you know, the guys across from him are not like the, the prospects and ages that he was when that happened. But uh, it's just kind of funny. It feels like a similar trajectory for uh, another hall of famer. You want to, you want to talk about the Texans? Who? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, we, we should spend a few minutes talking about uh, the Houston Texans. <laughs> Well, I'm sure we'll be talking about Von Miller a lot in the coming weeks, months, maybe years. Um, but certainly, you know, all eyes are going to be on him Sunday night as he makes his debut in tennis or in LA under the lights of Sunday night football against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, good game for him to debut because even without Derrick Henry, still not going to be a, a tough matchup for the Rams. Um, the Rams played the. Houston Texans on Sunday, and after three quarters, the game was 38-0. to zero. Um, It was the game that the Rams controlled for the first three quarters, which was the only real part of the game. The Texans ran it up in the fourth quarter, scored 22 points, uh, made it a 38-22 game. Johnny, I played on a really shitty high school football team. We went 0-20 the tiers I was on varsity, and this game really just reminded me of what it felt like playing on that team. Like, uh, the fourth quarter, the Rams pulled the starters. They put in their second string. The Texans kept their starters in, and they just lit it up. You know, we used to do that all the time. Uh, we would ravage the uh, teams we played in the the second half of the game. When we were down fifty to nothing when they put their backups in, uh, and, and we just went to town. So it was like you know, it's a feel good moment for uh, Davis Mills. I it, I haven't seen a player look de- as dejected in a long time after a fifty yard touchdown. Uh, as I did when they showed Brandon Cook celebrating his uh, 50-yard touchdown to to narrow the gap to 30. But um, all in all, man, uh, before we get into some of the more specifics about this game, it was nice that this was a game where the Rams should have walked out and kicked this team's ass. And, you know, it wasn't even perfect, but they basically just walked out there and destroyed a team that they should have destroyed you know the the funny thing is uh i i got a couple text messages from my friends uh you know in the fourth quarter when the the texans started scoring on the rams like oh look the texans are gonna come back and and catch the rams you know the rams suck you know they're they're gonna uh the text they're gonna lose to the texans i go guys you do realize that the Rams don't even have their starting unit out there anymore. It, it, it's not even that serious, guys. There were people on Twitter, too, I saw who were like, man, sloppy way to end the game. It's like, guys, these are their backups. They're not even considering putting in the starters. Like, when when you're an NFL unit you're, and your starters are playing the backups, you know, you're going to route them, and pride is going to come into effect. You know, Brandon Cooks is out there, goes from being guarded to – from by Jalen Ramsey to Juju Hughes, 
Uh, I think he's going to feel like, okay, you got to throw me the ball. I'm going to whoop this dude's ass. Uh, this is a little disrespectful to me personally as a player. And <laughs> the, the Texans did their thing in the fourth quarter, but uh, this game was more or less a shutout until that when they had the starters in the game. Yeah, it, it's it's funny because um, I, I, I kind of pointed this out last week that I feel like the Rams could easily get over 40 points in this game, but Sean McVay's respect won't allow him to do so. And it continued. It, it, it continued because if he wanted to be like Bill Belichick and score and drop like 50 points on like a New York Jets, then, then yeah, he could have absolutely, he could probably could have the sixties if he really wanted to show, you know, prove a point. But it's like, why? Why risk your starters? No, yeah. You know? There would be absolutely no. And credit to him uh, after everyone kind of criticized him a little for playing the starters when they were on the receiving end of a blowout against Arizona. He has been quick to get them out of the game uh, against the Giants and against the Texans when there were no reasons to have these dudes on the field. Uh, it was 38 to nothing. The game's over. Let Let the backups run around a little bit. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pretty much. And, you know, I, I, I think that's something that people tend to overreact because you, you, you don't want to see you know, any point scored. You want to see, like, the ridiculous college football scores. And uh, that's that's just not how Sean McVay operates. And, and I, I think it's the wiser thing to do. I'd much rather it be a closer 38-22 to 22 victory than, you know, go up by, you know, 56 to nothing and then lose a couple of your starters. You know? It's just not worth it. Yeah. You, and, you... uh... You can't play your not play your starters in the preseason and then and then play them in the fourth quarter of a thirty eight to nothing game. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Yeah, it's just as meaningless. Uh, we hit the box score a little on this game, although the team stats not really useful because of the bloated fourth quarter. I mean, it's funny because you know when people are going to detract on the Rams defense, we might do this. Even you know you're going to pull the stats. Like their overall, they're, they're, they gave up 323 total yards and 279 yards through the air in this game. Uh, and almost all of that came in the fourth quarter. So it, it bloated the stats a little. But offensively, I mean, the Rams had 467 yards total offense, 302 passing yards. Almost all of them came from Matthew Stafford, 165 yards on the ground. Uh, they were 5 for 7 in the red zone. And, uh, Won the time possession battle by seven minutes. I mean, it's great performance. Offensively, Matthew Stafford went 21 of 32, 305 yards, three touchdowns. Not not a perfect performance from him. He, he missed a couple throws, but uh, he also had some receivers drop passes. But clearly a, a fine performance. Uh, he had some great throws, great some great throws to Cup. Uh, the, the bomb he had to Van Jefferson was beautiful. You know, it was... Solid. I don't. I don't really have much else to say. It was. It was a really good performance from him. Uh, certainly encouraged to see what he does in what projects to be a fairly competitive game against Tennessee. 
Yeah, I, as far as uh, Matt Stafford is concerned, um, it, it, well, let, let me uh, rephrase that. As far as the offense is concerned, there was absolutely nothing I was really scared of. Uh, about the only thing that I could nitpick a little bit is a bit of the um, uh, the play calling in the and the red zone. I I understand that it's you're not going to hit every single time, and I understand that Sean McVay may have been experimenting a little bit, but at the same time, like you got to make better decisions in the red zone. And I'm not even referring to, like, um, turning the ball over on fourth down. I absolutely believe that was the right call. But some of the play calling in that instance just baffled me. Well, and uh, before you continue, they they went fourth and one and missed it on the second drive of the game and on the, uh, what was it, the fourth drive they had of the game. They basically did the same thing. They went four and out in near the goal line, and they got bailed out by a, a bad uh, pass interference call or a holding call. But yeah, so yeah, that that's my biggest concern too. But uh, definitely continue. Yeah, I mean that that's really it. I mean every every other aspect was fine. You know, Daryl Henderson did his thing. Matt Stafford did his thing. You know, Cooper Cup continues to be the best receiver in football, and that's not an over, you know, an overreaction. That's absolutely the truth. You know, it leads in pretty much all categories. And um, if there was one other thing to nitpick at, was the the drop passes that uh, Steve mentioned earlier. That can't happen because some of them were just wow, like. You, you, there's literally nothing that could have been done differently. They just didn't catch it. Yeah, yeah. Robert was at a couple uncharacteristic. Um, and, and the fourth one that they didn't get, Hender, Henderson dropped that. Right, that wasn't. Uh, was that deflected? Uh, it was a little out of reach. If I cor- mm. if I uh, remember correctly, I, I believe it was a little out of reach. It could have been caught if if he. You know, if it was a little bit thrown better, but I guess it was somewhat catchable. It, it I, I would say it was more Matt Stafford's fault, though. Yeah, yeah, I would have loved, you know, the way Henderson was running in this game. Uh, it seemed like he was getting yards every single time he touched the ball. I would have rather seen them run the ball there on fourth and one, but also two drives later on third and one in a similar spot in the field. They ran the ball and got negative yards, so uh, maybe McVeigh thought the same thing as me. Tried it again later, and then it didn't work. I don't know. We're not the we're not play callers here, but yeah, I they've been a little sloppy in the red zone. I think this season, not as bad as they've been in, in past seasons, but uh, it's something that they they're gonna need to to continue to polish up uh, going into the playoffs because you can afford to go fourth and downs in the red zone in a game like this, you know, it's not going to come back to bite you in the ass. And I think going for it both times was the right call for sure, given the yardage. But uh, you got, you got to clean it up, man. It's uh, you got to be better. And and that's, that's on everybody involved, I think. But yeah, other than that, Henderson ran fucking great in this game. I honestly think he's going to be the lead back next year, no matter what happens with the cam makers. I don't know whether he's going to be a one, a, to acres one B or if there's going to be bigger situations. Um, I mean, let me ask you this, given what the Rams have done with draft picks. If a team who's picking in the early to mid third round called us and offered a third round pick for cam acres, would you want it? Ah, man, that's tough. I would take it given, given how Henderson's playing. It's hard because it, it, Cam Akers is a damn good running back. Now, you don't know what Cam Akers you're going to get back after the injury, but if it's the same Cam Akers that we saw before the injury, it's hard to give up on that, man. It, it really is, uh, especially for a third-round pick. 
Like, I, I get it. The value is certainly there. Um, but that'd be a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. I wonder if a team would offer a second for him, but um, it's tough with the injury risk. You know, it's a horrible injury, but nobody of Aker's age or talent level has really had this injury at his position. I, I think he's going to come back and be good, but I've just been really, really impressed with Henderson. I think he's been incredible. And uh, you might be able to flip Akers for a player at another position of need, but I'm obviously not going to be upset if he is sharing the backfield with Henderson next year. He was a damn good player before he got hurt. Well, I, I guess the uh, other upside to that, too, is uh, hearing the positive reports from uh, Sean McVay, you know, saying that there's maybe even a chance that he can come back this year, which is absolutely absurd to me, but... Um, hey, if it if it happens, I wouldn't be sad. I don't think anybody would. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you never know. I would not bank on it, but if he's 100% healthy in January, you, you know, you're not going to be at risk of another injury. If they play him. Why why wouldn't you? I I I kind of hope to see him back though because I, I think this is kind of what we were all hoping and alluding to was to uh, have this this two back set and you know uh, as good as Sony Michelle has been for the Rams he's I mean obviously it would be nice to have uh, Akers and Henderson you know nice duo it'd be nice to see like a similar duo to like uh, uh, Hunt and Chubb you know yeah. It's uh yeah, it's funny because you know we all expected Henderson to be the one B, but I think it's he's clearly going to be the one A. Um, in in Acres when he comes back, will he'll definitely be more of a one B than a, than a two. But uh, yeah, it's it's another weapon to add in the offense, man. And uh, they, you know, he he has qualities that could definitely use. It it would be fucking wild if he had a six month recovery from that injury, though. That would be insane. Uh, I. I, I would be like completely shocked. It, I I don't know if that's just like optimism from Sean McVay or him just you know trying to keep uh, Acres' spirits up. That could be a possibility as well. But I mean, the idea of him coming back this season, I I'd be amazed. Like I'd be like, damn, Cam Akers has some like some fast recovery. Like I I don't even know how to explain it, man. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Uh, you're already talking me out of my trade comments I just made. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it, it's not a terrible idea. Don't get me wrong. Because, I mean, as already mentioned, the Rams don't exactly have much, you know, picks going into next year. And, uh, could probably use some some other draft picks to address areas that the Rams will likely need to replace next season. So I wouldn't dis- discount the idea, but I would like to keep them if I'm being honest. Yeah, I think I agree. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna need some offensive line depth if they lose uh, Corbett or Allen in the off season. You know, it would have been nice to draft a interior offensive lineman with the 57th pick instead of Tutu Atwell. Uh, you know, that would have helped the team a lot, but that is beside the point. Hey, speaking of Rams rookie wide receivers, Ben Skoranek made some really nice plays in the uh, passing game in this game. You know, he, he looked pretty solid, too, and, and that's kind of what we were hoping for out of, you know, maybe a guy like Jacob Harris. Uh, although it is admittedly, I, I will say, probably a little bit, not a little bit, a lot more difficult from a tight end position because it's not it's not really just about receiving. You know, it, it, there's a lot more to the tight end position. And while there is some blocking in the wide receiver position, it's not nearly as important as obviously the tight end position. So um, it's nice to see that. I mean, considering he was such a lower draft pick, and he he looked comfortable out there, you know. Matt Stafford found him pretty easily a couple times. So um, 
Yeah, I, I hope to see more of this, especially since, well, we may be without Deshaun Jackson and, uh, well, Tutu Atwell's gone for the season now, too. So there's that. Yeah, Atwell done for this year. Uh, we can touch on that at the end of the pod. Jackson might be cut. Probably also want to touch touch on that at the end of the pod. Um, yes, Garonic three for 30 on three targets. Uh, one nice 20-yard grab and one uh, really nice catch and run uh, where I'm pretty stiff-armed a defender to get a first down. Other than that, Cooper Cup again, seven catches under 50 yards, one touchdown. The guy's unstoppable. Van Jefferson three for 88. Robert Woods three for 35 and a touchdown. Also had a touchdown on the ground. Also on the ground. Daryl Henderson, four for ni- 14 for 90 in a TD, average 6.4 yards per carry. Uh, the offense is humming, man. Uh, really excited to see where, where they go from here. De- defensively, we got to talk about Ernest Jones, our guy, dude. The first actual investment at the inside linebacker position in years. He gets his first start in this game after the Rams dealt Kenny Young uh, to clear up some cap space that they did not use on Von Miller. And... Man, nine tackles, seven solo tackles, half a sack, one tackle for loss, one pass deflected, two QB hits, one interception. He had a 66.5 pro football focus grade. He played 89% of the snaps. This is about as good of a debut as you could have hoped for from this guy getting his first start in the NFL. Now, let's caveat it. It was against maybe the worst offense in the entire league. But a great performance nonetheless, a great confidence builder for him. Uh, he's got to feel good about this. The team's got to feel good about this. I'd be confident enough to make him the primary inside linebacker over Troy Reader after this game, not necessarily because I think he's better today than Reader, but because we've already seen enough that he has a lot more potential than Reader has ever shown. And I, I hope they do. You know, let's assuming they don't bring in another inside linebacker tomorrow with a trade, they do still have some cap space. Let this guy rock. Let him let him uh, take his lumps for the next eight games. Let him get a lot of reps, a lot of snaps, because he looked really good here. And uh, he seems like he certainly has the potential to be a solid inside linebacker uh, for this team. Oh, for sure. And and kind of the argument for, you know, not that I believe anyone's really arguing to start um, <laughs> Troy Reader over – over Ernest Jones, but I, I think the argument you can make is that Reader is more experienced. He won't make the rookie mistakes. But while that may be somewhat true, I mean, Reader's very limited. Uh, this is a guy that you want as a backup and special teamer than you would want as a starter. And it's something we've been harping on for quite a while. So, uh, Ernest Jones, I think the whole goal is to eventually become the starter, which, you know, everyone saw coming, although nobody saw this Kenny Young trade. That that was different. But, um, yeah, I'd absolutely want Ernest Jones starting, and hopefully, you know, uh, the Rams could bring in another inside linebacker. That would just be amazing. And, uh, you know, maybe someone like, I don't know, Miles Jack. I have no idea how they pay for him, but Miles Jack, that would be amazing. Well, they're not paying for Von Miller, so. That's true. <laughs> you never know, but I think uh, anyone they bring in is going to, he's going to have to fetch a fifth round pick or later because they, they're not going to have the draft capital to bring in a Miles Jack, I don't think. But, I mean, after no. this game, man, I, you know, given that Von Miller is going to give the defense a jolt and make things a lot easier for these guys. I feel fine with Ernest Jones replacing Kenny Young. Um, oh, absolutely. If they don't use any of their other cap space in the next couple of days, I still feel like the Kenny Young trade was silly, but if the Kenny Young trade was needed to butter up the Broncos before they made this trade, then it is a, a, a good cost uh, for sure. <laughs> I, I I have no idea how they would do it. But I, I'm still holding out hope for Miles Jack. <laughs> well, I have zero idea how they do it. But gonna, if anyone gonna, could do it, it's less need. He's probably going to be holding out for a while, buddy. 
yeah. <laughs> I don't anticipate yeah. two of these trades at that level. The the interception was so nice. That was a really smart coverage play. Um, Davis Mills probably threw it a because he um you know isn't good and b thinking that an inside linebacker is not going to make that play. I don't think Troy Reader would have made that play. I don't even know. If, I don't really think Kenny Young would have made that play. Uh, that was a really smart uh, awareness play from him, and it was a nice grab and not not the easiest catch ever either. At least for an Which inside is, linebacker. That that's also amazing because Ernest Jones coming out of college wasn't exactly known for his coverage skills. I mean, right? Wasn't wasn't uh, terrible, but he was more known for his tackling than for his coverage skills. So the fact that he's able to do that, I mean, that shows that he has a lot more potential than people give him credit for. For sure, man. I'm uh, I'm excited to see how he does against some better defenses. The, the Rams took full advantage of padding their stats in this game before the total yardage were unpadded in the fourth quarter. Leonard Floyd, two sacks. Aaron Donald, sack and a half. Oboe with half a sack. Greg Gaines with half a sack. Uh, and Ernest Jones, as I mentioned, half a sack. Uh, these guys were on fire, man. Floyd and Donald were tearing it up. And I cannot just – we've said it about 100 times in this podcast, but God, these dudes with Bob Miller next to them, man, it's going to be so much fun to watch. Not even just for us as Rams fans, but – God, for fans of defense in general, it's going to be insane. You know, there's no excuses now if the Rams uh, can't scheme defensive victories. Uh, you know, they're, they're, a, a game like that will happen against the Cardinals shouldn't happen again when you bring in Bob Miller. You know, if a team is giving, if this team is giving up over 30 points on defense, it's got to be just an absolutely like all time great performance by the offense they're playing because the talent in that room. Is gonna it's it should be too much for offenses to really pick apart like the Cardinals did in uh, was week five, right? Yeah, pretty much. Whew. I mean that's that's all I had on the defensive side, um, and not much really to make for me out of the uh, other corners in this game. Dayon had a insane interception that got called back. Ironically, because Ernest Jones committed a penalty that he totally actually committed and should have gotten called back, but there was also five seconds left in the half, so it didn't really matter either way. But it was a unbelievable interception. I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I was definitely going to bring it up. I, that might have been one of the most incredible interceptions I've ever seen in my life. Like it was, it it was such an amazing catch first of all uh because Dion is not exactly the biggest guy on the field but the fact that he was able to get his feet in I was like holy shit um unfortunately it didn't it didn't count not that it would have mattered like like you said Steve but damn was that a good play and I'm like I, I I'm happy to see that especially from a guy like Dion who always plays a lot bigger than he is so um you know, kudos. I hope to see him continue to improve like that. That that's amazing. I was really happy for him. Yeah, it, it, it's really awesome to see how he's been, man. I mean, he's uh, he's going to earn himself some money this off season. I don't think this is a guy that's going to go out there and get a big contract, but he has been on minimum contract his whole career. Probably get three, four million from somebody uh, if he can use his play. Maybe even more if he really tears it up. Um, but. For a minimum guy, that's double, triple the salary. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I I mean, I'm sure he'll appreciate any sort of increase other than minimum. Yeah, absolutely. Um, special teams? Should we talk about it? <laughs> the not-so-special teams? Uh, we have been clamoring for Tutu Atwell to just let him return all the punts. And after Cooper Cup did return one in this game, they did let Tutu return all the punts. And boy, were we wrong. Uh, And unfortunately, he got hurt and he's done for the year, shoulder injury. So now we have to go back to the drawing board and figure out another solution to uh, the return situation. But uh, man, he did not look good returning kicks in this game. He, He looked like the ball 
was going to knock him out. And it did knock him out once when he caught it. <laughs> yeah. I, I've never seen a kick returner that looked so unnatural returning the ball. Um, and I thought that was Cooper Cup. But damn, if I, if I was wrong with that, because at least with Cooper Cup, he caught the ball. He didn't run it very effectively, but he ran it. Tutu didn't look like he knew where to run. Like, it, it was painful to watch him return the football. And I can understand why Sean McVay's reluctance to use him now. And it, it's disappointing because I feel like that was the primary reason to bring him to the Rams, was to use him on special teams. I know he could technically be a receiver too, but I mean, let's face it, he's was never really going to get used seriously. And yeah, now it just blows my mind that that Atwell became our <laughs> our second round draft pick. Yeah, <laughs> I hope he recovers. I hope he comes back next year. I hope he proves us all wrong. But yeah, same. Uh, Please prove me wrong. I, I don't think it's going to happen. The pick was bad at the time. It's gotten worse. Uh, I, I mean, shit, man. Really just... Uh... It's just funny talking about all these future cap implications. You know, they lose Brian Allen. They don't have a replacement in-house, and they don't have the picks to do it. You could have taken someone at 57 in this last draft that it will at least have had the chance... To be his replacement, and uh, you took a fifth wide receiver, uh, who next who next year may be the fourth wide receiver because the top three guys are all under contract and are all going to play all the snaps anyways. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that could have had Creed Humphrey. God damn, uh, being a dead horse. Um, the Rams. You know, there's gonna be Derek's gonna be back this week. I'm sure they'll do plenty of preview on this Titans game. But high level, I mean God, I hate to see Derek Henry go down, man. I love watching that dude play. I wouldn't sit here and act like I'm you know, for the Rams defense in this game, it's certainly a relief he's not out there, but he's one of those players I want to be healthy at all times because he's a generational talent to me. Uh, it's a bummer that he's not playing. That being said, for the Rams in this game, it certainly is going to be a lot easier to scheme for this matchup. You know, I'm sure they're going to dare the Titans to beat them on the run on the ground with Jeremy McNichols and Adrian Peterson, uh, who just got picked up off the couch. Yeah, I I have to say, like as glad as I am not to see Derrick Henry, I kind of want to. Because in the end, the Rams are are trying to get to the Super Bowl. And what better way than to beat the best, you know? And maybe the Titans aren't the best team overall. But when you have a guy like Derrick Henry, if your team can find a way to, you know, shut down Derrick Henry along with, you know the passing game that's been struggling, uh, you know, that's that's ideally what you want to do. Uh, because moving forward, you know, I, I you don't really get any better than Derrick Henry. Uh, there, there's nobody, in my opinion, I think he's the best running back in football. Yeah, I, safely is the best running back in football. I think everyone would agree with you. Maybe McCaffrey when he's healthy, but as far as on the ground running forward off a handoff nobody's even close yeah and uh i i was i was kind of hoping to to see the rams overcome that but i guess we'll never know now um but regardless the rams shouldn't over or or shouldn't underestimate rather uh the tennessee titans because they they do bring a lot to the table even without Derrick Henry, uh, you know, assuming that the wide receivers are healthy, um, they still have two guys that could devastate the secondary. So uh, now's as good a time as any to uh, utilize Von Miller and 
you know, the rest of the pass rush and get and get to Ryan Tannehill because if he gets even a minute to throw to uh, his uh, wide receivers, this could be a long game. Oh yeah, I mean, it's just throw the throw Dayon and and David Long and Rochelle he's back to the Wolves in this game. They're gonna be at the guarding. Whoever, if Jalen Ramsey's not on AJ Brown or Julio Jones, they're getting the other one, and uh, it's certainly gonna be tough. The the Rams, I, I would expect, you know, you hopefully we we do some double teams on the guys that aren't being guarded by Ramsey, you know, because I, I think there's enough of little concern for the rest of the guys on on this offense that you can just overemphasize stopping those two, and. Uh, yeah, if the pass rush can get in Tannehill's face in this game, I have absolutely no concern that they win it, even though the Titans are good. Uh, won their last four games. They beat the Bills. They dismantled the Chiefs, uh, and they beat the Colts last week, who are not bad. But um, they've given up 30 points four times this year, and they have lost to the Jets, but apparently that's becoming just a thing that good teams do is they lose to the Jets <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, so it's going to be interesting, man. It's I, I'm curious to see how they, you know, bounce back from this Henry injury because their ceiling is certainly a lot lower without him. But still a lot of talent in the building. They're still a good team, and maybe they make an, a move for another back tomorrow if they don't think Adrian Peterson is the, the whole answer to the question, which I certainly don't. I mean... I, I do imagine that Peterson will get his fair share of snaps, and uh, it's kind of wild to me that he's finally he's finally getting uh, signed to a team, and he's now going to probably be the lead back. Interesting how that works. We'll see. Yeah, they they spent I think they spent a third or fourth round pick on Darrington Evans, um, but who just got put on the IR though. So, you know, yeah. when, when he comes back, you would imagine they'd play him and see what they got. Yeah, it was a third-round pick. Um, but, I mean, I don't think they're going to make Jeremy McNichols a bell cow. So, yeah, we probably will see a fair share of Peterson, which is uh, pretty funny considering a lot of us wanted the Rams to sign him a couple months ago. Yeah, now it's not so much anymore after Sonny Michelle. Yeah. But, uh yeah, it's it's uh it's getting interesting, man. I I I'm I've never like obviously I'm excited every week for a Ram game to happen, but now with all the additions, well, the addition, I should say, uh I'm even more jacked to see this game. I I want to see the fear in Ryan Tannehill's eyes, and I think we're going to see it. <laughs> I think we will. Um Yeah, I mean last thing before we uh wrap up and I, I kind of forgot about it earlier Andrew Whitworth missed last week's game he's expected to be back this week and you know I think we'll need him for this Titans matchup it's a big game but when you bring up Joe Nopu man he played a good game you know he did he absolutely did and uh I don't know if we should be too excited just yet because I mean let's be real it was it was the Houston Texans but not bad you know uh I, I do hope that Whitworth is back next week, though. I'll be honest. Yeah, and it seems like he will be. It seems like they were just overcautious this week, given the matchup and that they didn't expect to need him. It'll be interesting to see what they do if he does indeed retire after the year. They're going to free up about fourteen and a half million in cap space. You know, it, will they? And Nopum's a free agent, so will they believe enough in Nopum to bring him back um, on a cheaper deal and then use that money to? He signed Von Miller or signed Darius Williams or Austin Corbett or something like that, or do they take that fourteen and a half million and go get a tackle on the open market? It's uh it's gonna be interesting. And I don't know I, I don't know if I think Whitworth's gonna come back either, but that's a that's a topic for another day. Is there uh any other things we missed before we wrap here? Hmm, let's see. Um No, I think we covered it. Alrighty, well, we are jacked as about Bob Miller as you guys are, and the trade deadline. We're recording this 
It's 11.30 East Coast time, Monday night. The Rams still might have another trick or two up their sleeve tomorrow. So uh, if anything else happens, Derek will be with you guys probably tomorrow night to recap them. But in the meantime, follow us on Twitter, at Ciberbero, at johnny 6 at Talk Rams. Check out the Blue Wire Podcast Network for more podcasts. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that We're going to see him soon. You feel me? headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place the elites in charge say everything's fine stop noticing but you know better and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos my patriot supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company americans trust to prepare go to mypatriotsupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com